More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bribery. That seems to be the game plan for Democrats going into the midterm elections after their big bribe, which was called Build Back Better, it was disguised as that, has failed. And now they're talking about a new way of bribing you, bribing workers specifically those in the food industry. There are new demands for bailouts of businesses, specifically that deal with food, saying that they just can't navigate after two years of this insanity with COVID-19, their businesses anymore without a government bailout, especially because of what Omicron has just done to this country. Now, I don't want you to underestimate the possibility of what I'm describing right now. I do believe there's a very good chance that Democrats are going to figure out a way to, quote, bail out the service industries yet again. Now, this is not a true bailout in the sense they desperately need help as much as it is about buying votes. I'm going to explain this to you in just a moment. Before I get to that, though, I want to ask you uh, to make sure you hit that auto-download and auto-subscribe button if you're listening to this podcast so you can get it every day and ask you to please write us a five-star review. A liberal website attacked our podcast, and it has had an unbelievable effect on our rankings in the polls. So we're asking you, if you support this show, to please write us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. There is a very clear contrast that Democrats are now trying to make between the Republicans and them for the midterms. They're in trouble. Now, I mentioned to you in yesterday's show that Joe Biden had one goal, and that was to divide the country because that's what works. They're going to turn Donald Trump into the boogeyman again. They're going to race bait and go to Georgia and and talk about racism of the Republican Party because they want to actually have integrity with voting. And then there's this new plan, and that is to bribe people to vote for them. Now, this bribery is coming uh, from the standpoint of, all right, where are there a lot of workers that we can bribe into supporting us as Democrats in the midterm elections? The number one industry you can tap is the food industry. Fast food workers, food workers, even hotel workers. This is the area, the service industry, that you could do a mini bailout and get many of them to support you. And that is exactly why Democrats are now floating the real possibility of bailing out specifically the restaurant industry. Now, here is the argument that they're going to make for this. And, and, And full disclosure, I own a restaurant. It's called Ferguson's Barbecue. I would benefit from a bailout. There's no doubt about it. I am against a bailout. I'm going to explain to you why. Even though personally with my barbecue restaurant, I would benefit. I still think it's wrong. And the reason why is when does it stop? It has been several years. We've had to change and adapt. Now, the food industry, I would argue, is going to be changed for a minimum of five years, probably 10 years. I'll explain why. When we initially had the lockdowns that took place and the initial freakout from COVID two plus years ago, 
people stopped eating out. And the reason why is because they were afraid. And then we shut down restaurants. And then we said you couldn't eat with people that didn't live outside your household. And then we had seating requirements of five feet apart or eight feet apart or six feet apart, whatever these dumb numbers were they came up with. Then they said you can only operate at a quarter of capacity or a third of capacity or half of your capacity, right, of your seating capacity. This is what happened. And what it did is it also forced people to learn how to cook. Meals that were delivered directly to your house that you would cook, those types of companies had a massive boom with the beginning of COVID. Then people started ordering their groceries online and started picking them up online. They learned how to cook. There was a lot of young people that had never really cooked before, and they learned how to cook. So that immediately had a fundamental change, a change that that we have never seen before, Uh, a massive change overnight of people changing the way that they consume food. I don't think you're going to get that back, okay? I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I think that's probably here to stay. And the reason why I believe it's here to stay is is it's been two years of having to change and adapt. And during that two-year period, some people actually found out they enjoyed cooking. Now, the industry is exhausted. Many in the industry have the equivalency of PTSD, Every week, you're just trying to figure out how to survive. It is not fun. Every week, you get a phone call, a text message. I'm sick. I don't feel good. I can't come in. I got to get tested. Every week, you're also traumatized in the food industry when you do it for a living with wondering if what you ordered is even going to show up on your truck. Then you start going into uh, multiple, okay, Uh, services, right? You go into multiple services, multiple uh, organizations that you try to get food from, distributors. They don't deliver. And then every week you get these, hey, we don't have this, we don't have this. And some of those products are things that you desperately need, like hamburger meat, cheese, lettuce, tomato. If you own a barbecue restaurant, uh, briskets just don't show up. How do you have a business when that happens? Shoulders don't show up. Racks of ribs don't show up. The sausage that your customers are used to don't show up. The cheese for the sausage and cheese plates don't show up. And you then have to go out and spend time and money buying at even a higher price by going to grocery. I can tell you how many receipts I have from Walmart, from Kroger, from Costco, from Sands Club, trying to find all of the things on a regular basis now that don't show up. Then there's things that you just go, are you kidding me? Bread stopped showing up. Yes, the buns that our customers had gotten used to eating, they don't show up. When are you going to have them back in stock? We don't know, they tell you. So it's not just a week. So now you have to change and find a bun that you like to replace the bun that your sandwich consumers have been used to. Now, in barbecue, that's a big deal. You may think a bun's a bun. Not, no, it's not. When you have a, when you pick a nice brioche bun and it, it it's, the flavor uh, profile is matched to your sauce and to your meat, and then that just disappears. You can't just randomly go out there and grab a hamburger bun. It doesn't work. Now, I've experienced this, and I'm still saying no to a bailout. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm still saying absolutely not to a bailout. Because if you can't change and adapt now, and the amount of time that we've had to change and adapt, I would argue you're never going to do it. And I also believe 
that the majority of the money, unfortunately, goes to waste, fraud, and abuse. We know that of the bailout cash that went to all the American companies, they're saying probably a little more than 50% of it went immediately to abuse and fraud. I don't want another bailout. And there's another reason. I don't want the government to control my business because that's what they do when they give you bailouts. When they give you a bailout, they say, now we get to tell you what to do. And I have a real problem with that. When they give you a bailout, they're all, it always comes, folks, with some sort of catch. Some sort of guarantee. You got to employ these people. You got to give this number. You got to do this. You got to do that. I mean, the list is very clear. What happens? This is what they do. Okay? This is how the government rolls. But if you do bail out this industry now, it also implies that we're still in a state of emergency, which we are not. And that's why this is really about buying votes. Let's get back to the politics of this. This is buying votes. It's about buying votes. This is everything about trying to find a sector in an industry where you can give them something. And the people in that sector and industry will then say, okay, I like you, so I will vote for you. We've got to learn to live with this. I'm going to quote a liberal, Ezekiel Emanuel. Is an American oncologist, bioethicist, and a senior fellow at the Center for American Progress. This is not a conservative guy. He was on TV. This is a guy that went to Harvard, University of Oxford, Amherst, Harvard Medical School, Exeter College. It's a guy that knows a lot, right, about the world economy. A guy that understands pandemics. And now he has come out and he has actually said that there is no way we are going to eradicate COVID. And and the second point he made as a doctor is we're going to have to learn to live with this. Live with it. Bailouts do not teach you how to live with something. Now, this is not a conservative. This is a liberal. Take a listen. Can you explain this one to us, though? Because the argument has been it's not just about testing positive. It's whether or not you get so sick you need to be hospitalized. So when people read that headline that hospitalizations are up 80 percent, but at the same time, all sorts of people in hospitals who are testing positive aren't there for COVID. They're there for other reasons. Yeah. So say you're a cancer patient, like some of my patients, you then, you know, might get COVID, but you're in because you need surgery or because you need chemo for some other reason. So you're positive for COVID, but that's not bringing you in. It's not causing symptoms. It's not causing serious illness. That is, we call it a primary diagnosis. That's cancer. A secondary or tertiary diagnosis incidental to the admission. Uh, so what's really threatening or really needs attention is your cancer, not your COVID. This is actually quite common with lots you might come in with heart disease. You also have diabetes, uh, but that doesn't mean the diabetes caused you to come into the hospital. But it's another sign that Omicron is becoming omnipresent in our lives. Given that, do we need to start accepting it as our new normal, perhaps changing our restrictions, our quarantine rules? This is on MSNBC. And even MSNBC is saying, hey, is this the new normal?
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. MSNBC is like the last bastion of, of government propaganda. And when they start putting it out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up this question again so you can hear it. You, you hear it very clearly. Like, do we have to learn to live with this? Zeke Emanuel, hardcore leftist, doctor, vaccine guru. But it's another sign that Omicron is becoming omnipresent in our lives. Given that, Do we need to start accepting it as our new normal, perhaps changing our restrictions, our quarantine rules? Stephanie, you're absolutely right. We are, we're not getting rid of COVID. It's not gonna disappear. We're not gonna eradicate it. We're gonna have to learn to live with it, just like we learned to live with RSV, adenovirus, flu. We're not there yet. When you have 140,000 hospitalizations, you have 1,500 deaths a day, You're not at a situation where we can live with it normally. We still have to combat it to bring those that mortality rate down to about 100 people a day to bring the hospitalizations down. But once we're down, we've seen it and we will live with it. We'll be in the new normal. We won't have to wear masks all the time. We can go into restaurants. Ventilation will be improved. That is the situation. That's where we want to get to. We can get to it probably by the summer if we work in a very concerted effort, people get vaccinated, we get these rates down. Now, you can hear it. They're still obsessed with you getting vaccinated. But he did say, we're not going to eradicate COVID. So when Joe Biden said to you, the American people, if you vote for me, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to knock this thing out. Right. I'm going to get rid of COVID-19. You vote for me and I'm going to be the one that gets rid of this thing. I'm the one that's going to do it. I'm going to eradicate. I'm going to get rid of it. I've got a plan. We're going to knock this thing out. He was lying to you. Totally full of crap. Totally, totally full of crap. Just know that that's Joe Biden. He lied to you. And now the media and the left and the doctors around, they're like, look, we ain't going to get rid of this thing. Okay, this is this is we got to learn to live with it. We got to learn to live with it. We got to learn to deal with it. That's what we have to do. That's all we can do. We just have to learn to live with it which is what I've been saying. So now Democrats have got to figure out, since they're not going to be able to probably fear-monger you into voting for them again, they've got to bribe you. And that's why they're now talking about bailouts. And they're saying it's time to bail out restaurant workers and bail out restaurants who desperately need your help and support. And this is how we get people to vote for us. This This is desperation. Now, we know where the economy's going right now. You look at what they're saying and, what we, and, the, and the basic news that we have right now about the economic conditions in this country, and it doesn't look good. This president is at a new time low, a new low for his approval rating. And, and, and vaccine mandates, I know there's still some people beating the drum on this, saying that's going to fix everything, but it's not. MSNBC this morning on vaccines mandates. If you leave it to the states, we'll have parts of the country unvaccinated. Therefore, 
The federal government should still infringe upon your rights. Uh, The thing that I find confusing, though, is that if you leave this up to the states, we're going to have patches of the country that are unvaccinated, and it's clear the vaccines work. And it's not that just bad things are going to happen. Hold on. Is it really clear that vaccines work? Because you said that if you got the vaccine, you could take your mask off. That didn't happen. You said that if we got vaccinated, you weren't going to get it. That didn't happen. You said that if you got vaccinated, that you didn't have to worry. That's not happening. You said if we got vaccinated, we could go back to normal life. That didn't happen. So now you're saying that the only way all of this is true is if we all get vaccinated and then we still get COVID, but we don't die. That's the new argument. Well, you're not going to die, so it's okay. Now, states' rights should be everything. States should get to decide what they want to do. And MSNBC is still clearly focused on saying, no, 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 you can't do this, okay? MSNBC is still making it very clear that you are not allowed to have to be able to think for yourselves. States, you can't trust states to do the right thing. States aren't allowed to decide what is best for them. States aren't allowed to make decisions on vaccines because they won't do it. They just won't do it, folks. They won't do it, so we got to force them into submission. They will not give up the vaccine part. Those who are unvaccinated die from specifically the coronavirus. So I'm having a hard time understanding why they're heading towards striking this down, Dave. Now, the reason why they're saying this is because the Supreme Court appears likely to strike down the federal large employer vaccine mandate because it is it, it goes against states rights. It goes against the rights of the private sector as well. And so they're trying to justify a massive loss to the Biden administration. The Biden administration is losing everywhere that they're being challenged in this thing legally. If Donald Trump was losing this many legal battles, it would be wall-to-wall coverage 24-7. He's getting it wrong, and, he's, and he did everything he could to take away your rights, and he's now getting slapped around for doing exactly that. And now they're trying to figure out, all right, well, how do we do it? Right? How, how, do, we, how, do, we, how do we fix this? How do we get people... To, to, to get vaccinated, if every time we mandate vaccines, every single time we mandate it, <laughs> they keep striking it down. We'll keep fear-mongering and keep fear-mongering and keep fear-mongering. But we still have to get reelected. So how do we get reelected? What do we do to get reelected? How do we get reelected? There's only one way, folks. There is only one way to get reelected. And that is the fear monger. You tell people that if you don't vote for me, you're going to be out of a job. And that's exactly what they're trying to do with the workers in the restaurant industry. You better vote for us and we'll give you a bailout. If you don't vote for us, that other side's never going to give you a bailout. So you better vote for us or you don't get that bailout. And that's what we're going to do. And the state's rights, you guys are stupid if you live in a state that allows you to make a decision on vaccines yes well you know this is political ideology this is the uh, conservative wing of the supreme court going to flex its muscle uh, but i do think mika there's a little bit of good news here i do think they are more likely than not to keep the mandate as it applies to healthcare workers that's the second case that was before them and again it's, it's not a total mandate but it's it's closer when it comes to healthcare workers we're talking about 10 million workers and these are in healthcare facilities that get federal funding through the Medicare and Medicaid program. And there's a long history of the federal government saying, if you want our money, you got to play by our rules. And Justice Kagan, I think, won the day when she said, 
When you're a healthcare worker, the one thing that you cannot do is kill your patients. So I think when it comes to healthcare workers, that pseudo mandate is going to continue. You know, it's amazing about the propaganda that's coming out. Turn on MSNBC and just check out what their new counter is. Instead of having a death counter, instead of having a counter on your screen that tells you how many people have been infected this week, bad news, right? They've now flipped it because Joe Biden's president to have a counter that is, quote, news, showing success. Coronavirus pandemic on the right side of the screen, it says people fully vaccinated, 207,662,000, and the number keeps changing. They've literally decided that because of the president, who he is, we will not report the bad news with COVID. We will report the good news that we're now becoming a half glass, uh, a glass half full network instead of a glass half empty network. If Donald Trump's the president, we got a death counter on the screen for a year straight. We give you doom and gloom, hospitalizations, ICU numbers, children infected, people that have died. We have a death counter now. On MSNBC, they have a people fully vaccinated counter on the screen. Like, well, there's at least there's 207 million people. And this is virtue signaling, right? We're with you. All these other idiots out there. We're not with them. We're with you. So now you have to go back to the playbook if you're a Democrat. Their objective now is to show a clear contrast between Republicans and Democrats for the midterms. And the way they're going to do it is they're going to say, we are the ones that want to give you free money again. We're the ones that want to help you. And they're going to go after a large sector of the economy, specifically with restaurants, saying these restaurants need a bailout. We're going to change the narrative on TV and we're going to celebrate those that are fully vaccinated. We're going to get rid of the death counters. We're going to get rid of the doom and gloom. We're going to start telling you got to learn to live with this thing. But the government's here to help you live with this thing. When Zeke Emanuel says SCOTUS taking out vaccine mandates would be a real blow to the effective fight, he says. They're still going to blame the Supreme Court. and They're going to run off that issue saying, see, we would have gotten rid of COVID if you guys wouldn't have voted for Republicans who then put all these people on the Supreme Court. We can get to about 60 percent of the population vaccinated by voluntary efforts, by making them free, by giving them some incentives. But to get to the 85, 90 percent, we need to really effectively combat coronavirus and reduce the mortality rate in this country. We are going to need mandates. That what that's what has been shown. And for the Supreme Court to take it away from the government, from OSHA, it would be terrible. It would be a real blow to the effective fight against uh, this pandemic. There it is. So we're still wanting to mandate it. And we're going to tell you that you're one of the chosen ones. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Being a chosen one of media of the Democratic Party is going to be the last stand they have before the midterm elections. They are now realizing they have to normalize COVID, but they want you to still be angry and blame people because we haven't gotten rid of it. 
So we change the narrative. We tell you that you're a winner if you're vaccinated, that you're a loser if you're not. We tell you that you're a part of the solution and we celebrate you if you've gotten the vaccine, you listen to everything we tell you to do. And those that refuse, they're the evil ones in America. You go out there and you start screaming racism like the president will do in Georgia. And you tell everybody that everybody else is racist on the other side, but you're not a racist. You're a good human being. Virtue signaling. That's what they've got, folks. You, 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 and then you try to bribe some people, right? You, you try to get the restaurant workers another bailout, even though they just said we got to learn to live with this. Well, if you're giving out a bailout, that's clearly not saying learn to live with it. Even CNN's John Avalon talking about the politics of this now, right? Like they're somehow more civil than everybody else. Like they weren't part of the problem saying, look, we politicize this pandemic to our detriment as a nation. So. That's the problem now, America. So listen to us. We'll fix the problem that we created at CNN by politicizing all this. And now we'll say, well, the problem is people politicize it. You guys did. Over the last year, we've also learned that remote schooling is a lousy substitute for in-person, especially because it can take a serious toll on kids' mental health. Not only that, we've learned a lot about the spread of COVID in schools. According to the CDC, several studies show that transmission among students is relatively rare, particularly when prevention strategies are in place. And speaking of prevention strategies, Congress allocated more than $190 billion in COVID relief to help America's school reopen and stay open during the pandemic, funding everything from PPE to improve ventilation, technology, and tutoring programs. And get this, Chicago received almost $2.8 billion in federal aid since March 2020. It's according to a data analysis by Chalkbeat. So for all the challenges that schools still face from Omicron, most of the Chicago Teachers Union's concerns about the availability of vaccines, masks, and ventilations from one year ago have been addressed big time. And as for testing shortages, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker just announced 350,000 rapid tests will be sent to Chicago public schools courtesy of Abbott Lads and the Shilda Illinois Initiative. So you're just still holding us hostage. That's what he just said. And he says, well, we politicized this pandemic, and that's been to our detriment. Well, who did it? You guys in the media did this. You attacked Donald Trump and Operation Warp Speed and politicized that from the very beginning. You guys said, don't trust the Trump vaccine. That was politicizing it. You guys used it, and now you want to use it again to try to save the Democratic Party. Everybody is realizing that has a brain that you got to run from liberal Democratic cities. Following lower, lower taxes, that's what people are doing. They're leaving entire states because the CNBC had a big story this morning about the census data shows Americans are leaving high-tax Democrat states for low-tax Republican states. And that is where Democrats are freaking out the most. More than 600,000 people leaving New York and California for lower-tax states during the pandemic. That's according to census data. California lost 300,000 residents between April of 2020 in July of 2021, New York lost a net 365,000 people, about 2% of its total population. Now, the biggest winners, not surprisingly, were Texas and Florida, which have, of course, no income taxes. Texas gaining 382,000, Florida adding 243,000. Now, people move for many reasons. By, by the way, I love how they say, well, that's because they have no income. There's an income tax. There's a lot of states that don't have an income tax. Why did Florida and why did Texas gain more people than any other states out there? I'll tell you why. It's because their states filled with freedom. 
There are states where you can have some sort of resemblance of a normal life. There are states that have, have said no to lockdowns and mandates. They have said no to the insanity of these liberal states and what they've done. They have said yes to a economy that is pro-business and anti-government shutdown and mandates. Texas and Florida, the complete opposite of New York City. They've said no to vaccine passports, the complete opposite of San Francisco. And California in general, they've said no to it. That is why Americans are leaving high-tax Democratic states that they can't, not only are they high-tax, they can't even operate there the way they need to operate. There's another headline that really caught my eye as I was getting ready for today's show. It's a CNN BS headline, and it's one that they would never have written if Donald Trump was the president or any other Republican for that matter. Here's the headline. Inflation. Explain why prices keep going up and who's to blame. Who's to blame? We all know who's to blame for this. It's the Biden administration, their policies. Why are you even acting like that's up for debate? It's not up for debate. Confused about inflation, seen in New York business rights. You're not alone. Inflation is, paradoxically, both incredibly simple to understand and absurdly complicated. Let's start with the simplest version. Inflation happens when prices broadly go up. Quote, broadly is important, they write. At any given time, the price of goods will fluctuate based on shifting tax. Someone makes a viral TikTok about Brussels sprouts and suddenly everyone's got to have them. Boom! Sprout prices go up. That's actually not true, but whatever. Meanwhile, sellers of cauliflower, last season's trendy vegetable, are practically giving their goods away. Such fluctuation are constant. That's how they're describing inflation. Inflation, however, occurs when the average price of virtually everything consumers buy go up. Food, houses, cars, clothing, toys, etc. To afford those necessities, wages have to rise too. That hasn't been happening. It's not a bad thing, though. This is how they're spending it. This is their words. It's not a bad thing. In the United States for the past 40 years or so, and particularly this century, we've been living in an ideal low and slow level of inflation that comes with a well-oiled consumer-driven economy. With prices going up around 2% a year, if that, sure, prices are something like housing and health care are much higher than they used to be. But other things like computers and TVs have become much cheaper. So the average of all the things combined has been relatively stable. Still with me? They ask, question mark. All right, let's cut to today and why inflation is all over the news. Inflation became problematic when the low and slow simmer gets fired up to a boil. That's when you hear economists talk about the economy overheating for a variety of reasons. Largely stemming from the pandemic, the global economic economy excuse me, finds itself at a rigorous boil right now. Wait, no, you're not going to talk about the policies of the Biden administration that made this thing go to a boil? You're just going to completely overlook that at CNN? Yes, they are. You want to know why? Because they got to lie to you right now so that you will stop abandoning Joe Biden. They have not mentioned this administration or their policies, like stopping of drilling, like being anti-business, like demanding higher wages that people can't afford right now. While the government has been doing all of these things to undermine business, like giving out more money to people when they didn't work than they made when they went to work, they have totally overlooked all that in the CNN business article, which is supposed to explain to you inflation. You cannot explain what's happening right now by admitting the politics of how this happened right now. It is, it, it's, it is propaganda 
to not mention the policies of the Biden administration that have allowed for so much of what's happening right now to happen. Back to the CNN Now propaganda article. Economists use two main gauges to track inflation in the United States, and both are at their highest level in nearly four decades. The consumer price index for November was up 6.8%, while the personal consumption expenditures price index, which the Federal Reserve prefers, rose 5.7%. And then here's where Econ 101 merges a bit with Psych 101. There's a behavioral economic aspect to inflation where it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. When prices go up for a long long enough period of time, consumers start to anticipate the price increases. You'll buy more goods today if you think they'll cost apparently more tomorrow. That has the effect of increasing demand, which causes prices to rise even more, and so on and so on. That's where it can get especially tricky for the Fed whose main job is to control money supply and keep inflation in check. Now, again, we're halfway through this article. They have not mentioned Biden or the Biden administration, the policies of the left, or the massive amount of government spending connected to COVID and bailouts and trillion-dollar infrastructure bills and build back better. They have not mentioned any of that as a reason why we're dealing with inflation. Why? Because they can't tell you the truth. Because if they do, Joe Biden's done. And the Democrats are done. Which brings me back to the point I made at the very beginning. It's time for bribery. Remember the lady, the Obama phone lady? I'm going to vote for Obama because he gave me a free phone. And if I vote for him, he's going to do more. A lot of people didn't understand what was really happening in that moment. A lot of people didn't realize that that was literally the playbook of the Democratic Party. A lot of people didn't understand how important that woman and her comments were to the future of this country. Democrats have been bribing voters for decades, as long as I've been alive. They find a group of people and they try to bribe them to vote for them. Teachers unions, union workers, the list goes on and on. They they, they try to exploit certain sectors and hold them hostage. And that's exactly what they have done. When you got this bailout place, Democrats said we want more of it because they realized that people would stop working when you gave them money to be lazy and you could train them to be lazy. And then people would get addicted to the government cheese. And that's exactly what they've done. So when you see these articles that keep coming out and you start to hear the drumbeat, it is manufactured on purpose. We need another bailout for One industry only, not everybody, but really, we really need to do it for the industry of those within restaurants. That's what we really need to do. Why are they doing it? It's not because it actually needs to be done. They're even saying we got to learn to live with this. They're the ones saying we have to learn to live with this. So why are they actually saying it? Because they need to bribe people to vote for them. That's why. And that's the most dangerous decision that you can make for this country. Make sure you share this podcast. People need to understand what's happening. Please make sure you write us a five-star review to help us reach more people. And lastly, please hit that auto-download or subscribe button so you get this podcast each and every day. And I will see you back here tomorrow.
Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben.